When you try to set your line up, but you don't know what to do. You can't make your mind up, need someone to turn to. We've got your back, we've got the stats, we'll help you block out all the haters. For fantasy football help, call 25 yards later. Welcome in to another episode of the 25 Yards Later Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Nick Luciano. And I'm Elijah Motika. And it is Thanksgiving week. You you should be hearing this on Thanksgiving Day. So we have a um, separate Thanksgiving podcast that is out in the internet uh, waiting for your lovely ears. That sounds a little serial killery, whatever. <laughs> um, and so go check that out to uh, take a listen to what we think about the games today. And then this is our regularly scheduled podcast, except that it is coming to you a day early. So um, I alternately hope you, scheduled podcast. Yes. <laughs> I hope that you uh, enjoy all of the 25 yards later that you can handle this week. Um, we ha- do have as well some fun little Thanksgiving uh, game planned for a little bit later in the show. But um, before we get into all of that, we'll do the touchback player of the week. Uh, this week's award goes to punter Bradley Pinion of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had seven touchbacks. Congratulations to Mr. Pinion for having the most kicks that made his opponents start their next drive 25 yards later. You kicked it really far, you kicked it with your feet. You're the touchback player of the week. Congratulations! So, Elijah is now going to run down some of the news we got from coming out of week 10 or week 11's games. All right, so quite a bit of injury news, unfortunate injury news here, but we'll start with a potentially good piece of news. Uh, A.J. Brown left the game with a chest injury, and initial x-rays are negative on his ribs. Uh, So further tests incoming, but it looks like he may have avoided major injury there. Um, Someone that did not avoid major injury, unfortunately, is uh, Nick's favorite wide receiver five, Jamal Agnew, who is out for the rest of the season with a hip injury. Don't Google it. It didn't look good. Um, Logan Thomas, uh, tight end for the Washington football team, is expected to practice this week and return from his lengthy absence on IR. Jordan Howard, running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, expected to miss Week 12 with a knee injury. And Michael Carter, running back for the Jets, is also expected to miss some time, expected to miss two to three weeks with a low-grade high ankle sprain. It's uh, a lot a, of directions. <laughs> yes. He's low and he's high and he's left and he's right. and uh, Won't be in your lineup for a couple weeks. Um, Adam Troutman, Tight end for the Saints, coming off of his best game of the year by a lot. Sprained his MCL, so he is out for four to six weeks. Uh, And then a couple of teams that don't want to hang out with these folks anymore. Uh, The Texans cut Phillip Lindsay. The Titans waived Adrian Peterson. What's the difference between wave and cut? Do you know? Um, 
I think it has to do with like contract things. Um, yeah. But like wave waving, you know, they go to waivers. Whereas Philip mm. Lindsay, I think, just can sign with anyone right away. I think. All right, fair enough. Well, either way, those running backs are not on their respective teams. Uh, and then some coaches. The Giants fired Jason Garrett, and the Bears are reportedly going to fire Matt Nagy as early as today. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe after Thanksgiving. I don't know. It's very strange. He's really bad though. Um, So it makes (laughs) sense that they're getting rid of him Um, Um, or aren't getting rid of him. We'll see. I guess I I think that if, um, if the lions, you know, get the win, which is, I'm kind of liking Lions minus or plus three and a half, which was the most recent line I saw, um, especially with the reports of Nagy potentially getting fired. I think they're in for a letdown game uh, <laughs> quite, today on Thanksgiving. Quite possibly. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But either way, that guy sucks. So <laughs> I hope that uh, he gets a different job. Um, and then lastly here, uh, we've been kind of expecting this for a while, but Chris Carson, uh, did receive his neck surgery that is season ending. And so we hope all is well with that and all is well with him and he can return to football or maybe not return to football because neck surgery is not something you want to have happen. But for fantasy football purposes, uh, it will be Alex Collins from here on out because, uh, Unsurprisingly, Rashad Penny got the first carry of the game and hurt himself on the first carry of the game this last week. So Alex Collins plodding along is what the Seahawks will have. Yeah, Rashad as, as Rashad Penny just cannot buy a break. Nope. He Cause, sure probably because he only has a penny to buy it with. Oh, but um, so. Uh, before we go to the rest of the episode, we always have to do shorts watch as well. No. Um, and this one was a very fun one. Um, Tony Pollard uh, was the running back 23 this week, despite having only nine PPR points and seven standard points. It's ridiculous. Um, if you recall the wager, I don't, I will probably not actually hold you to eat to eating your my shorts. shorts. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Um, but the wager was that Elijah would eat his shorts if Tony Pollard was the or was a running back two four total times on the season after he had already had one time. So um we yeah, have so. since added two more to that total. Back to back weeks is rough. Yeah, only one more away with uh what another five games to go um six games to go yeah like six games to go so uh yeah it's and was only like a half a point away from you already being there so yeah but i i don't feel good for your shorts there elijah (laughs) that's all right my shorts will be all right i mean it's thanksgiving Um, maybe it's time maybe i can just I don't know, put some some gravy on them. It'll be delicious. Well, that's a good segue into talking about things we do like to eat, which is Thanksgiving food. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are going to um, 
take a Thanksgiving favorite and pair it up with a fantasy football player um, or not a fantasy football player in one of my cases. Um, <laughs> football player. Yes, but um, uh, that uh, is the equivalent of said food in our eyes. Um, for example, uh, my first um, choice here is going to be mac and cheese. Um, so it does not get all of the attention of a turkey, um, but is secretly the goat. Um, the people that know, know. So mac and cheese, the best Thanksgiving food. Um, much like the secret goat who does not get the attention that Tom Brady does, but former Browns quarterback Otto Graham um, is the mac and cheese of the NFL. So he uh, played, if you're not familiar with Otto Graham, played in the 50s, um, mostly, um, and led his led the league um well led his league because some of the time was in the alternate league the AAFC was what it was called um where the Browns Colts and one other team I think came from um when they merged with the NFL so he led whatever league he was in in passing 5 times in 10 years in passing touchdowns 3 times and was in a championship game um, in all 10 of his seasons, winning 10 league or seven league championships. So Otto Graham, the secret goat of the NFL. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills were that other team, I believe. Mm, no, they so they're the so we will not get too deeply into this uh this football history lesson, but there were the most oh, famous NFL the merger is the that one might be it. It was the yes. 49ers, yep. Um so there are the most famous merger of course is the AFL which then mm-hmm. became the AFC. That's where your Bills, Chiefs, Raiders mm-hmm. um who else was I don't think the Dolphins. The Dolphins were an NFL team I think for start to start. Um but like, you know, a quarter of the league came in through that merger. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jets, obviously the most famous um, with Super Bowl three. Um, Broncos, I think, um, you know, most of the AFC West. Um, but there was actually a merger before that, the All-American Football Conference that had the Browns, I guess the 49ers and the Colts. The original Baltimore Colts. Not to be confused with the later Baltimore Baltimore mm. Colts team, which is now the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, fifties football, <laughs> pre pre AFL football was was wild sometimes, and there were yeah. a lot of defunct teams. Yeah, um, but yes, Otto Graham was in the AAFC. The Browns were the dominant team of the AAFC, and. Uh, yeah, um, he is the mac and cheese of the NFL. I like it. Uh, so my first selection here is mashed potatoes, um, but specifically the dairy-free mashed potato recipe that we make every year. 
Um, and that is James Robinson is dairy free mashed potatoes. So let me tell you why. This mashed potato recipe, you know, doesn't have milk in it. The way that it gets its delicious texture is actually by putting mayonnaise in it. And you tell somebody no dairy and there's mayo in my mashed potatoes. They're like, ugh, weird. There's no way that that's going to be good. But then you actually taste it. And it's one of the best things on the table. You keep coming back to it and it never disappoints. And that's James Robinson. He came into the league as an undrafted free agent in 2020 and proceeded to break the record for most scrimmage yards by any undrafted rookie. And this season in fantasy, he's only finished outside the top 20 at running back one time since week three. And that was the game that he left injured. So he is reliable for you. He is surprisingly delicious, unexpectedly delicious, sounded gross at first, but when you try these mashed potatoes, they're, they're one of the best things that, that are on the table every year. And shout out to uh, Brian Wilcoxon for finding and sharing that recipe with me, creating the most delicious Thanksgiving spread for this guy that uh, can't eat milk. So yeah, anybody out there, just hit me up. I'll send you this recipe because it's delicious. It does not disappoint. Well, next we need to find um, mashed potato less or mashed potato free mashed potatoes because weird fact about Nick is that he can more or less not tolerate mashed potatoes at all. These Um, are delicious. Well, maybe I'll have to try those. Maybe those will be the potatoes I've been looking for all my life. It's just always been some weird texture thing that even going back to when I was a small child, just could never deal with. And while I will force myself as an adult to eat them, it takes like an extra 30 minutes from everyone (laughs) else at the table. Um, Mashed potatoes also used to be for me one that I didn't like at all. I I like had to have it with some sort of sauce was the only way that I could really like get past the texture with like some barbecue sauce or gravy or whatever on them. That was the only way I could ever eat them. But these mashed potatoes, Man, these are delicious. I'll send you the recipe and uh, okay. you can try them out. Okay, this might be this <laughs> might be a game changer. So. It might. Let's go. Um, my next pick um, is going to be dinner rolls. So um, it's not really something you probably want to eat on your own. Um, it doesn't really carry the meal at all. Um, but that said, I could literally eat a thousand <laughs> of them. I love dinner rolls. Um, and so the equivalent of them is pretty much any wide receiver five. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. uh, as I need to choose a player for this, um, the person I'm eyeing at the moment is DeAndre Carter of the Washington football team. So has scored nine or more fantasy points in five of seven games. Um, admittedly it's on pretty low volume and snaps. Um, and one of the games that he scored nine or more fantasy points, he did so on a return touchdown. Um, but that said he has scored receiving touchdowns in three straight games and is a top 50 wide receiver since week four. 
almost universally unowned, as are most of the players that I <laughs> bring up in this range. Um, but I have a waiver bid on him in the deep league that I am in um, with James Coe. And we will see. I, I have to replace quite a bit of production this week because I lost Jamal Ad- Agnew and uh, had to add a quarterback that ended up being Justin Fields last week with Matt Stafford's buy. So have a couple of extra roster spaces. DeAndre Carter, the dinner roll of the NFL will hopefully fill one of them. I dig it. Um, I, I'm going to go with another non-traditional Thanksgiving approach here. And that is the MVP of the Thanksgiving table, which is the Cuban Turkey. This is my mom's recipe. That was her mom's recipe from, you know, my Cuban grandmother. And it is the greatest Turkey that you've ever had. You know, lots of, lots of turkeys. They're pretty dry. They're not mm-hmm. that delicious. It's all about the sides. You have to cover the turkey and some sort of great. You have to mix the turkey with the mashed potatoes. You have to, you know, do something to make this turkey better. But this Cuban turkey, this non-traditional Cuban turkey, it's going to surprise you with its deliciousness and its excellence. And that is Lamar Jackson. Non-traditional quarterback surprises you. You know, nobody can catch Cuban turkey in the open field. Uh, And it hits your taste buds with unexpected spin moves. It's the MVP of the Thanksgiving table. It's that, that, you know, little bit of extra spice to it. Lamar Jackson is a quarterback. He's not your traditional pocket passer. He's not going to stand there in the pocket and just throw for 400 yards. He's going to surprise you. He's going to juke you. He's going to bring some spice in that you've never expected. That's the Cuban turkey. It's the MVP of the table. All right. Um, one of the ones I brainstormed was a turkey where I wanted to be like, it's a little dry and you're kind of wanting to just get through it. And like, it's Ben Roethlisberger because you're just... <laughs> <laughs> Just want the game to be over. Yeah, you're you're just you're waiting for it to get done so you can move on to the good, to the more tasty things. <laughs> Another uh, one I brainstormed was Jared Cook because it's, um, it's clearly because turkey is clearly inferior to ham. Oh, par ham. Ah, uh, that was yeah, <laughs> yeah. I liked it. That was that was directly on brand for this show. <laughs> um, and finally, we're both going to do cranberry sauce. So, <laughs> what are the odds? Um, uh, for my choice, um, you know, we have to think about cranberry sauce here. So, what is a cran cranberry sauce? It's a little tangy, maybe, you know, sometimes you get the little seeds stuck in your teeth. If you have the more like, uh, not the, like, not the canned stuff. Yeah. Not the cans one, but you know, the one with the actual cranberries. Um, also no one really thinks about it except for exactly one time a year. Mm-hmm. And so to me, the cranberry sauce of the NFL is Sammy Watkins, <laughs> a player that, 
outside of week one, you never think about. Mm. He's not really relevant. Also a little tangy, a little, you know, a a little bit off maybe in his taste. (laughs) So that is uh, the Lizard King himself, Sammy Watkins. All right. So I I went a slightly different direction with my cranberry (laughs) sauce take. Uh, So cranberry sauce to me is Justin Tucker, but specifically the kicker position, or I guess generally the kicker position. It, it's there every year. It's necessary. It's unsuspecting, underappreciated, but they're always there when you need it to seal the victory with a sweet finish. And that's what cranberry sauce is. You never really think about it. Nobody appreciates it, but it's always there at the table. It's there to kick the extra points, kick the field goals, just give you that little bit of extra sweetness to get you over the hump for the, for the week. So Justin Tucker is the cranberry sauce of the NFL. All right. So yeah, that is our um, Thanksgiving food as NFL players. Good, good seg, Elijah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that went well. Um, let so us know we, what you think. Let yeah, us know let us, if you've got some other, uh, other foods that are football players. If you think that uh, Nick's take on dinner rolls is just <laughs> dastardly and nonsense. Dastardly. People have feelings, man. Uh, as as we know. learned by the a very hard <laughs> Reese's Cup stands. <laughs> Number one. Mm. Um, so game previews. Um, our first one is in an attempt to go through every single team at least once this year. Um we are going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars who are two and eight coming off of a shellacking by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, They are uh, welcoming in the Atlanta Falcons who are 46 or 46, four and six. Um, It is a 46 and a half over under um, and actually an even point spread. Um, So, one of the reasons why we uh, wanted to do the Jags this week on top of the plum matchup that is the Atlanta Falcons who just bleed fantasy points to almost every position um, is to mourn the loss of myself to, no, Jamal Agnew. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, to mourn the loss of Jamal Agnew. Yes, who is probably only mourned by me, but um, just want to reflect on the breakout that was Jamal Agnew this year. Uh, well, the mini breakout, because he wasn't, you know, fantastic. But, I mean, for someone you could literally get for free, um, was did some very nice things. Um, he was a dinner roll. Yeah, he was one of my dinner rolls that I ate up, and uh, sadly, this one didn't sit too well, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know how I, you get food poisoning from a dinner roll, undercooked or something, maybe. Um, so, just to just to look back, uh, Agnew was the wide receiver 31 from weeks 5 to 10, um, even though he had his bye during that stretch. Uh, he averaged seven targets a game and 12 PPR points, had four double-digit fantasy performances in five games. So 
yeah, I mean, you know, he was a guy that you could plug into your lineup most weeks. He was getting volume. Yes, he wasn't doing much with it, but um, he, we saw on his uh, nearly 80-yard touchdown run that he was explosive enough to, uh, you know, score on any play, and that gave him some real fantasy value. Um, unlike a McCole Hardman, who we'll get into later in this episode a little bit more, but he, you know, had that big playability while also getting some volume. Um, the efficiency certainly wasn't there, but uh, he, at the very least, was getting chances. And if you are in a 14-team, three-wide receiver, two-flex league, you know, you'll take anything you can get. So the big thing is kind of um, figuring out now what is next for the Jaguars receiving core. So, um, you know, he was averaging seven targets a game for like, you know, a quarter of the season. Um, Those targets are going to have to go somewhere. Um, It's the thing is that at least this week, it's going to be hard to necessarily choose who that person is. I think, you know, if you have a player like a Marvin Jones or a LaVishka Chenault, certainly shoot your shot, but um, neither player has been very good this year in fantasy. Um, Both have under 500 yards. Um, Marvin Jones has at least scored three touchdowns, but LaVishka has been blanked from the end zone all year. Um, I think that there might be an opportunity for either... Laquan Treadwell or uh, Tavon Austin to uh, break into that, you know, maybe wide receiver six territory. (laughs) Um, We just keep going. (laughs) Yes, we just keep going down. But as you know, our player, you know, most of these players, even in deep leagues that I bring up, are mostly players to monitor, see if there's, you know, something that begins to be a trend um and if you start to notice that somehow laquan treadwell finally starts putting it together or tavon austin starts putting it together um you know uh, those are players that if they're able to be consistent um could end up being values in at the very least a deep league um So one other player um, to talk about is Dan Arnold, who surprisingly goosed this week on zero targets. The I will say that the Jaguars had like virtually no time of possession against the 49ers. So um, the Jaguars stats were bad. Um, You know, the everything was bad. They were barely on the field. And so I don't expect this to be a trend with Dan Arnold. And we've seen that um, the couple of tight ends that goosed over the last couple of weeks that were, you know, high producing tight ends ended up being fine the next week. So not concerned about my new BFF, Dan Arnold. Um, Yeah, that was bad timing. Yeah. My three BFFs combined for like 13 and a half PPR points. It was not a good week for them. 
Um, and then Agnew very well could have been, it uh, was probably the first man out on my BFF list. Just wasn't in love with the efficiency enough to make him one of them. Um, we talked about James Robinson, who was Elijah's mashed potatoes, um, is a great play this and most weeks. Um, he is up against a Falcons run uh, defense that is allowing the fifth most points to running backs. Um, they are also allowing the third most points to quarterbacks. I don't think that I'm starting Trevor Lawrence outside of a two QB league, though. Um, he's just not been very good to this point. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, stop on James Robinson for a second and say that he has one and a half bad matchups the rest of the year. Uh, he has three of the next, you know, there's six more games in your standard fantasy season. Uh, and half of those are against teams that are uh, top 10 matchups for running backs. Uh, you know, the Falcons uh, give up the fifth most points. The Texans week 15 give up the 10th most. The Jets week 16 give up the most points. Uh, so, I mean, he does have a uh, Rams, Titans, and New England in there as well. But the the Rams and the Patriots aren't actually that terrible of matchups. They're about middle of the pack, and it's the Titans that give up less on the season. But their defense has mm. shifted a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I really think... As long as James Robinson can stay healthy, um, which it seems like he's in a good position to do, I mean, I think he's just an every week start for the rest of the year. I mean, those are matchups that sound like a potential league winner. So um, if your trade deadline hasn't happened yet, um, he might be a player that is worth reaching out for to see if you can try to get to make your... uh, playoff push so um yeah i think overall takeaways um from the jaguars uh marvin jones and lavishka chenault probably should both be rostered um despite their kind of bad fantasy performances thus far because you know at some point they're just gonna run out of other people to throw the ball to um and both players have talent, so um, just it's a matter of monitoring which one actually seems to benefit the most from Agnew's injury. Um, and don't forget DJ Chark is injured, too, so that's a lot of volume that is just kind of out in the ether. So, um, And then, yeah, James Robinson, Dan Arnold, monitor, uh, uh, you know, those two starters uh monitor the two wide receivers that um to see if anything comes with them um probably will never end up picking up lacan treadwell or tavon austin trevor lawrence uh qb low-end qb2 only this even in this plum matchup yeah i think that uh trevor lawrence does have some dynasty value certainly i mean he was the number Mm -hmm. one pick especially in the super flex league um but I wouldn't take this year if you're looking at it from a dynasty perspective as prescriptive for the future. I mean, he, his number one target hasn't been here all mm-hmm. year. Um, and so I think if there's a dynasty manager that's nervous, he's somebody that you could target who probably has brighter days ahead. 
Um, so let's get into the next matchup here. Um, and we're talking about the Denver Broncos. Uh, they were on by this past week, so we don't have anything uh, to go off of as far as this prior week. Um, but we kind of know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially from a matchup perspective, we know who they are because we talked about it a handful of times on the show that these running backs, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, are just going to feast the rest of the year. I mean, just to reiterate again, every single running back matchup for the rest of the year gives up. I mean, the the Chiefs are their worst matchup and they give up the 13th <laughs> most fantasy points to fantasy running backs. Um, and this week with the Chargers... I mean, the Chargers give up the fourth most points to fantasy running backs. So it's it's going to be a Melvin Gordon show. It's going to be a Javante Williams show. And the Chargers are intentional about that as their defense. They funnel people into like forcing them to run the ball because they give up the 27th most points to quarterbacks, 31st most points to wide receivers. And so it's not a good defense to pass on and they have a really good secondary. Mm -hmm. So they're wanting people to go to the middle of the field, which is great for fantasy when you can predict that and you have one of these two running backs. So I think like we said before, smash start for both of them running back twos for the rest of the year. And in this matchup, I don't think I'm starting anybody in the passing game except for Noah Fant because the Chargers are also weak against tight ends. It's that same idea of they're wanting to funnel people to the middle of the field so they don't have big plays over the top. Um, so Noah Fant has been getting some target share, six targets the last time that they played. Um, and I really think that having Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, what is Teddy Bridgewater great at? Short and intermediate routes. Noah Fant, also good at short and intermediate routes. Uh, the Chargers defense wants you to throw short and intermediate routes. Um, so I think that this week, that's really where the Chargers are going to um, give up the points and where the Broncos are going to be able to get some yards. I don't know how many points are scored in this game. Uh, this is a 47 and a half point over under the Chargers are favored by uh, two and a half and that I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting how this shakes out. The Chargers are coming off of a barn burner against the Steelers on Sunday night. That I, I want to say it was forty-one to thirty-seven is how that game ended. I think. Um, so it, it'll be really interesting to see. These are two pretty good defenses. Um, and just to touch on the wide receivers, I don't know that I'm starting any of them with confidence. I think you can start. Jerry Judy, because in just four games played, he has 28 targets, um, which is a really solid target share, seven targets a week. Um, But Cortland Sutton has really disappeared since Jerry Judy came back. Um, And Tim Patrick, the last time they played in week 10, had only three catches for 14 yards. Um, One thing I will say is that over their bye week, uh, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick both signed extensions. So they have this receiver core with Jerry Judy for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And I think that has more to do with them trying to court a potential Aaron Rodgers or, you know, some other big name quarterback to come to the team in the future to replace Teddy Bridgewater. Then that has any fantasy implications for 
this week or even this season. Um, so I think you can start Jerry Judy just based on target share alone. But as somebody who's been starting Corton Sutton as a flex wide receiver too, I think it's time to sit him down in this matchup for sure. Um, and just start these running backs and start Noah Fant and uh, let that run funnel of a defense rack up the fantasy points. Yeah. Um, and probably what's the most exciting to me, at least as someone that does have one of these players in the backfield um, is that it's been pretty even as far as the production pretty much throughout the year. Um, Melvin Gordon has been slightly better. Um, I think he's averaging a couple more fantasy points a game, but opportunities are largely tracking with each other. Um, I did look back to see um, if, uh, the there was any impact on melvin gordon's late fumble on their usage i couldn't see too much um just from like the play-by-play and box score um i will say that javante this week did have play 57 percent of the snaps to melvin's 43 but um after the fumble javante only had one more touch um so it wasn't like you know i don't know if he was maybe on the field that whole time but um, he only had one more touch as the Broncos tried to play catch up. So um, hopefully if um, Melvin was in the doghouse after that, um, he has since gotten out <laughs> over their bye week um, because, yeah, Chargers giving up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. Um, it's a juicy matchup where I think both players will probably thrive. We're going to take a quick ad break and we will be right back um, with more game previews on the other side. Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on ruminationsradionetwork.com. So um, our next game is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to New York to take on the Giants. Eagles are five and six Giants, three and seven. Um, It's a 46 and a half or sorry, just 46 over under. And um, the Eagles are favored by three and a half. Um, Eagles have just came off of a pretty impressive win against the New Orleans Saints, uh, 40 to 29 in which Jalen Hurts scored three rushing touchdowns on 18 rushing attempts. Um, And the, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but the Eagles have become one of the most, if not the most run heavy team in the league over the last few weeks. Um, That said, Jordan Howard, one of the, um, the uh, instigators of that, I guess one of the main components of that switch um, is doubtful for this week. Um, after having 10 rushes last week, um, Miles Sanders did return from injured reserve um, to have almost a hundred yards rushing. Um, although I guess he did have a couple fumbles. Um, 
And the Giants are giving up the seventh most points to fantasy running backs. Um, So I think that with Jordan Howard out of the picture, at least for this week, um, Boston Scott becomes a potentially viable flex option for the um, from the Eagles. And um, Sanders is a very nice play. I think Um, he's only $17 and yahoo dfs this week and i think could very easily outperform that uh, again on a team that is wanting to run the ball nearly constantly yeah and just to wrap up that jordan howard injury it's he he's listed as doubtful which really is like he's listed Mm -hmm. as he's gonna be out yeah Uh, he's expected to miss this week and prior to his injury he had actually out carried miles sanders uh, he had one more carry at that point that he left with the injury. And then obviously Miles Sanders got the majority of the work after that. So I definitely think that uh, he's a really good play, like you said, against this Giants team that gives up a lot of points to fantasy running backs. Um, and uh, Jordan Howard will just have to sit on my bench because I grabbed him everywhere and he had been pretty useful. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, but like I said, Bo- I'm sure Boston Scott is sitting out there in a lot of leagues. So if you need a a replacement, I think he probably is worth a flex. Will certainly be more involved in the passing game, uh, I think, than either Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard would have been. Um, Jordan Howard actually hasn't been targeted a single time this year, which is I mean, we always knew he was not a good receiver, but they at least in the past with the Bears like attempted the ball to, in his general direction. So, um, yeah, very, very strange. There um, were uh, there were times that uh, time off season hype pieces that Jordan Howard was spending an hour with the jugs machine practicing his receiving every day of practice and he was going to be getting 40, 50 targets on the year. I bought into that hype once you, you bought into that hype. <laughs> I have never bought into that. He's I made fun good. of He's... you for buying into that hype. <laughs> He's just not good. No. Um, so, but Boston Scott, meanwhile, um, you know, a much more viable receiving option. Interestingly, Miles Sanders only had one target last week. So um, I do usually think of him as a slightly more receiving back. Um, but maybe that maybe with this run heavy approach, it's just not really what they're looking to do. Maybe it's either run or throw down the field. Um, and the players that they will be throwing down the field to um, are Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard um both of them I think are fine plays with Dallas Goddard being you know one of the top tight end plays every week um Devontae Smith um more of a maybe eh, I always feel bad saying people are wide receiver threes because it always feels like it's everybody but he's a pretty say he's a pretty natural wide receiver three um yeah um uh but outside of those players um not a whole lot there um Jalen Rager has done next to nothing this year and put up a week one Kadarius Tony with uh (laughs) negative receiving yard lot 
um, this past week. Um, this is just your obligatory reminder that Jalen Rager was drafted one spot ahead of Justin Jefferson, five spots ahead of Brandon Ayuk, a half round ahead of T. Higgins and Michael Pittman, and a round ahead of Chase Claypool. So has just been a colossal bust, has only 170 receiving yards on the season, um, despite, I think, playing every single game. So, yeah, that's not great. But um, Devontae Smith looking a lot, lot better. Dallas Goddard just signed a contract extension. It was a very busy week for contract extensions this week. Very, mm-hmm. very strange. Um, but um, yeah, that's what I'm at least thinking about with the Eagles. Um, the only player I guess we really haven't talked talked about is Jalen Hurts, um, who I think is a Your guy. Yeah, um, one of my BFFs from the preseason has done you know about what i expected was is a pretty rock solid quarterback one um high floor nice ceiling um yeah it has been uh and will continue to be a very nice play even despite the low passing volume yeah i i don't have him anywhere and i'm sad about it um uh, i mean he's doing on the year what I think at least part of what we hoped somebody like Kyler Murray would do. And Kyler Murray has been hurt for a while. And uh, I wish I had just had Jalen hurts, um, but enough about me. Let's talk about uh, the one and the only, the new Tom Brady, Mac Jones and the new England Patriots who are uh, seven and four here. Um, going up against the uh, Tennessee Titans that are eight and three. What's uh, what's that look on your face? There are formats where Jalen Hurts is the QB one on the year. Hmm. Um, now that is in total points, not average points. So he has not played his buy yet. But yeah, I think that um, Fantasy Pros I think is a six point per touchdown. Uh, I think. Um, for passing touchdowns but yeah he's co- listed as quarterback one on the season there sorry i know we're talking right. about the the bucks there yeah well uh well we're actually talking about the patriots oh the patriots um, okay but uh <laughs> the other tom brady team yeah we, we were talking about about mac jones and his newly you know he's the next tom brady I, mm, i'm seeing so okay. many side by sides of like Tom Brady threw his first blah, 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 number of games. Mac Jones threw his first blah, 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 number of games. And they're like the same stats and like none of that crap matters. But the Patriots did just win 25 to nothing at Atlanta, which is pretty impressive. It mm. and, and Mac Jones uh, was really efficient. I mean, he's only four incompletions, also only 200 yards. Uh through one touchdown, one interception. He's not a guy that you want to start in fantasy, but he no. does look like somebody that uh, the, I mean, maybe you want to start him this week. That, there I was some, think you do, you, you know, the kombucha girl face where it's that <laughs> meme where she's like, eh. <laughs> that, that was definitely me looking at that Tennessee Titans uh, 
giving up the second most points to fantasy quarterbacks uh, ranking there. Fair enough. I thought uh, that Mac Jones would have been a really good play against the Falcons, uh, who if I just scroll up a little bit, giving up the third most points to fantasy quarterbacks. Okay, fair. Uh, So I wouldn't do it. I I, I thought about it last week. And I'm glad I didn't. I started Justin Fields instead, which was even worse. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's what you want your comparison to be. Uh, this is actually a really interesting line for this game as well. This is only a 44 and a half point over under and the Patriots are at home, but they're favored by six and a half, which I think is a pretty uh, yeah. wide line. Um, I was expecting maybe Patriots minus three. I mean, they're both good teams. Uh, but the Titans have really been on a roll lately. Uh, and Except the Patriots have Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there's that. But, but we we don't talk about that. They, um, well, the, so, the Patriots are have a winning record, which means that they'll win. They're not one of the bottom four teams in the league. So, Right. Yeah, this is true. Um, so the running backs for the Patriots are pretty much where you find your points. Except when you don't, uh, because last week you would think, you know, let me scroll up again. The Falcons give up the fifth most points. And, and mind you, these are stats after the Patriots players didn't really have very good games against the Falcons. But so the Falcons give up the fifth most points to fantasy running backs. Uh, and Damian Harris got you six points. Uh, and Ramondre Stevenson got you. I guess that's eight and a half points. Mm. Uh, that's pretty rough, man. Uh, and I, I see this note in here. Brandon Bolden was the pass catching back. Uh, he's been pretty irrelevant lately. Uh, and that, I guess, to Nick means that he's probably going to have like 12 catches. This that's week. just how that's just how to me, like Patriots running backs go like um, like James White. This happened all the time. James mm-hmm. White would ha- would have like three straight weeks where he would combine for like, I don't know, six catches. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden running back one on the week. It's mm-hmm. just the Patriots running backs have always been so frustrating. Um, it's all just spread so thin. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, probably is, you know, going to be a week where. It, it just feels to me like it's coming. I would not recommend starting Brandon Bolden. Just don't be surprised when he's, you know, randomly the RB two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of tough to start any of these running backs right now. Um, mm. If it's just one of them, then I think it would be great. Uh, but Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris basically do the same thing. They're kind of the same dude. And so they split the work and it's not successful for them in the same way that it is for like, you know, the Broncos. Um, but also in this matchup, the Titans are really tough on running backs here, giving up the 26th most points. So, you know, the sixth, sixth fewest. Toughest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they, they do though, give up a lot of points to the quarterbacks and wide receivers, but the, quarterback is Mac Jones who goes for, you know, 200 yards and a single touchdown. And the wide receivers are Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Nikhil Harry. Uh, And 
Jacoby Myers is okay. Kendrick Bourne is okay. I was um, about to say, we better not be slandering my BFF Kendrick Bourne. Well, I'm slandering a little bit. The dude had had four catches for 42 yards last week. It's That's not a sinking line, though. That, that's that's true. He's a, a dinner he roll. He had eight and a half points. I got to so. remember he's a dinner roll. The yes. expectations are different. Uh, So, I mean, I think maybe a Kendrick Bourne is somebody that you could flex in this you know, the Titans give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. So he's somebody that you could flex here. Uh, Jacoby Myers, if you're desperate, uh, you're not touching, you know, uh, Nelson Aguilar or Nikhil Harry. Um, this is your obligatory reminder for the second time in the episode. Nikhil Harry was drafted four spots ahead of Debo Samuel, not to mention 19 spots ahead of AJ Brown, 31 spots ahead of DK Metcalf, 33 ahead of Deontay Johnson and 44 ahead of Terry McLaurin. So, I mean, all of that is to say like, it was a great wide receiver draft class and the Patriots just whiffed completely on their draft pick was because basically everybody that drafted a receiver behind them hit on their guys. Uh, but you're not going to start Nikhil Harry in any scenario in this tiny passing offense. So going back to Kendrick Bourne really quick, since we're busy slandering him, he only had point. He only had point one point fewer than RB two Tony Pollard. <laughs> how does that make you feel? Elijah? This is a terrible week for running backs. That's how it makes me feel. <laughs> what uh what wide receiver was he on the week? Um not the R not a wide receiver twenty-four. Interesting. Um he was what like wide receiver forty-two. So uh-huh. um point, I rest my case. Less than a point behind AJ Brown. Who got hurt and left the game. Um Almost two points more than DK Metcalf. Okay, who has a hurt um, Russell Wilson throwing to him? Let's see. Who is interesting players? <laughs> like double the points of my man Michael Pittman. Yeah, well. <laughs> like triple the points of Brandon Cooks. Triple the points of T. Higgins. Still, wide receiver 9 is 8.9 is not Fine. killing you. No, it's not killing you. But if you start that every week, then... Eventually, the those points forget to add up uh, and hurt your week. I don't know. I think if you're going to start Kendrick Bourne, this is a week that you could do it. Uh, but I actually, I would definitely take the Titans plus six and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Titans win. And I definitely think that even if they don't win, that they're going to cover. Um, it's the- going to be tough for them to throw the ball. Because mm-hmm. if they don't have A.J. Brown, they don't have yeah. Julio Jones. Uh, they don't have, what's his name? Uh, Michael Johnson. Marcus oh, he, Johnson. Marcus Johnson, is he yeah. out? Yeah, oh, he I got hurt that. in the game as well. Um, so, you know, it's Nick Westbrook, Akeen, mm-hmm. I guess. That's uh, their entire passing offense. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, but I would still say that the Titans win this game. Uh, the one place... You know, the Titans don't give up many points to this position, but I think that Hunter Henry is somebody that is just in there. I mean, he scored a touchdown almost every week. Last week, he didn't, and he scored five points. But if he got a touchdown, 
then that's 11 points and that's a tight end one. Uh, and he's been really good at scoring touchdowns so far this year. Um, so I think he's a guy that you can just kind of put in your lineup every week as that low end tight end one and chase a touchdown. But beyond that, I'm nervous, uh, to start many players from the Patriots this week. Um, although I would still keep starting the, uh, Patriots defense who put up ridiculous numbers against mm-hmm. the Falcons in a shutout last week, even though the Titans are a solid offense, middle of the pack to fantasy defenses. Um, and I'm just going to keep riding with the Patriots yeah. until they let me down. I think. Yeah. Um, I am as well. I have, I've had them in the league all year. Um, mm-hmm. and it is a league where there are transaction limits. So it's been very nice to just have a defense that I, have week in and week out and I'm not having to burn uh you know any of my transactions on. Um we are going to wrap up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Indianapolis Colts. So Bucks seven and three, Colts six and five. It is a fifty one and a half point over under and the Bucks are minus three. Um so last week the Buccaneers cruised against the New York Giants. 30 to 10. And this is actually why I thought we were talking about Tom Brady a a minute ago, because I knew he was in the dock. Um, And so just got scrolled down a little bit too far. Um, You know, Brady continues to just absolutely tear up the league Um, is the quarterback two on the year. Um, I think he's leading the league in passing yardage. Um, If not, both that and touchdowns. Um, so uh, against a Colts defense that is pretty bad at stopping the pass, um, I think he is, you know, one of the elite uh, quarterback plays of the week. Um, as such, his uh, weapons, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown, all fantastic plays. Um uh, both Godwin and Evans scored touchdowns last week. Um, Gronk came back and had a nice game. Um, six catches for 71 yards. Um, all of these players, I think, um, you know, Gronk as a tight end one. I think Godwin maybe as a back end wide receiver one. Evans as a high end wide receiver two. Um, all of them are you know, very good uh, plays that are borderline must starts. Um, the one question is going to be Antonio Brown. He was out last week. Um, Elijah, do you have what his status is so far this week? Uh, I'll take a peek at that while you're talking. Okay. Um, and so um, obviously he would throw a little bit of a wrench into things, um, maybe lower Godwin and Evans ceilings slightly um, has been vi- um, pretty good in five games so far this year, um, averaging uh, almost, you know, I think over 80 yards a game and scoring a little less than a touchdown a game. So um if he's back, maybe lowers the ceiling of the other uh, couple players. But at the same time, um, the Colts give up a lot of points to wide receivers as well. So I think there's probably enough points to go around for everyone. So Antonio Brown uh, is 
is, quote, making progress, according to Bruce Arians, uh, in his recovery from his ankle injury. Uh, but that is completely meaningless. Um, <laughs> so I would not expect him to play, but obviously check the practice reports. That's where the teams have to really put something mm. down. I mean, he was ruled out last week pretty early. Um, and while he's dealing with this ankle injury, there is also this mysterious news about his fake vaccine card, mm-hmm. which could potentially be a federal offense. Uh, but the Buccaneers said that they didn't find any irregularities with the proof of his vaccine. Uh, but, um, you know, if it's absolutely something I see him doing though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's that would not shock me at all. So I don't know if the fact that it wouldn't shock us that he'd do it means that it's probable that he did it or just that it's easy to write a story about him doing it that everyone would believe. Uh, But either way, it's a bad look. So I don't know. Mm. I wouldn't expect Antonio Brown this week, but pay attention to the practice reports leading up to the game. Yeah. Um, And we are recording this a day early, so we usually record it on Wednesday when a lot of practice reports have started to come out. Um, We do not have those yet as it's Tuesday. Um, So, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. Um, Probably the biggest person it will impact is just Antonio Brown. Again, the other players I think will be okay whether he's in the lineup or not. Um, Leonard Fournette, um, the running back, has had a resurgent year, um, is pretty much the bell cow for the uh, Buccaneers offense. Strangely, Ronald Jones did resurface this week um, to rush eight eight times for 33 yards and a touchdown. Um, That touchdown was early in the game, too, so it wasn't even when they were in garbage time. I don't know if he just like snuck out on the field or if yeah. Bruce Arians wasn't he just wasn't paying that much attention. He How- swapped jerseys. He had a Fournette jersey on for a little bit, and then they finally figured it out. Maybe, maybe it was the opposite. Maybe Fournette went out there in a Ronald Jones jersey. I uh, think that's much more. <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. That makes much more sense. Uh, but yeah, very, very, very strange um, that he, you know emerged from the doghouse of Bruce Arians to actually touch the ball and actually score this week. Um, uh, None of the other options are really relevant here. Um, Gio Bernard only had a single target. So um, with Leonard Fournette kind of taking an expanded receiving role, um, Gio is more or less relegated to the bench. Um, And then uh, the only the last thing I will say, one of my dinner rolls of, well, maybe a baking. It's in the it, oven. He's a ball yeah. of dough. Right. <laughs> um, is Brashad Perriman. So he's only been on the team for like two weeks. Um, Returning this, to the team, though, right? Yes, but I don't think he ever I, was he ever with Arians and Brady. And no, them? I think I don't it was. Think so. he, he, he had that breakout playoffs with Jameis where he won people leagues in Jameis's last season, I think because everybody else got hurt. Mm. Um, so he's been on the bucks before, but yeah, that was, uh, that was with Jameis and not with Tom Brady. It may have been with Arians though. Um, yeah. 
but so he might at least know the system. But yeah, he's only been on the team for like, you know, single digit amount of days. Um, and this past week had four targets, um, just two catches and 19 yards, but also had a rush. So there, that's always something that I look for in these players is, are they getting manufactured touches along with, you know, the normal targets? So, um, while that was just negative three yards that that rush was, it was another touch. So um, I think that, you know, someone to be on your radar, if maybe the snaps and targets uh, take a step forward this week, um, could be a player that might be worth a speculative ad, but at the same time, with Antonio Brown probably coming back in the not-so-distant future, will probably be irrelevant sooner rather than later so um yeah just a you know another player to keep an eye on if you are in a deep league um as i am (laughs) um any final thoughts on the buccaneers on any of the other games elijah i think this bucks game will just be a good game uh the 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 colts are playing well uh the bucks are playing well it's kind of like you know, the, the strength going up against strength here, Mm-mm. particularly coming off Jonathan Taylor's massive game. Yes. Uh, you know, the bucks are basically, you know, the worst, I mean, they're the second worst team that, you know, the team that you don't want to run against. Um, and that's why they give up so much to the past because people are just like, Oh, we can't do this whole rushing thing. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what Jonathan Taylor does. Uh, I think it'll probably be a lot of points scored in this game. Um, so yeah, I think it should be a good game. Um, and I think there should be a lot of fantasy points to go around. Yeah. Including to BFF, Michael Pittman, who we can only hope is looking for a bounce back game. Um, let us wrap up the show with our speed round. So I'm going to start off with the best combination of fantasy defenses for the playoff weeks. Uh, So from weeks 14 to 17, which is going to be the normal playoffs, you know, with your final uh, matchup happening the week before the season actually ends now with the 18 week season. um, The saints have one of the most favorable schedules that you could ask for. They have the jets, the bucks, the Dolphins and the <laughs> Panthers. Obviously, you don't like the Bucks in Week 15, but the other three matchups are just all you could ask for there. You got to get the buy, so you don't even have to worry about the Bucks. Well, you'd have to get a two-week buy. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know about that because the would Bucks it only be 15, 16, 17? Um, I think it depends on your league, certainly. Um, but it could be. 15, 16, 17 for your league. So yeah, if you if that's how your playoff format is and you can get the buy, then yeah, don't worry about the bucks and ignore the rest of what I'm going to say in this speed round <laughs> item. But if you are, uh, if week 14 is your playoff first playoff week and you need somebody in week 15, uh, then here are a couple options to piece together uh, that playoff schedule for you. You have the Dolphins who you could pair them with, who have a bye week in week 14. Uh, so they might get dropped in somebody that is 
needing to either win their first week of the playoffs or if that's the last week of the regular season, uh, you know, they are going to need some points from their defense. So they might drop them and the Dolphins play the Jets in week 15. Or you could look at the San Francisco 49ers who may get dropped over the course of the next few weeks as their schedule gets tougher. Um, And then with whoever you pick with uh, either the Dolphins or the 49ers and then the Saints, you have weak winners at defense every week of the playoffs. And then if you want to live dangerously and maybe the Dolphins don't get dropped, uh, maybe the 49ers don't get dropped, two defenses that will almost certainly be on the waiver wire for the rest of the year are the Jags and the Houston Texans who actually play each other in week 15. And both of them would be viable streamers for your playoffs. Yeah, and just looking at our league of record, um, that is weeks 15, 16, 17. So, Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get that bye week, and uh, Saints are, are rocking with me for the playoffs. Yes. Um, so both of my speed round uh, selections are going to be about the Chiefs. Um, so first of all, um, I'm going to talk a little about Byron pringle so i think that um while he didn't receive more targets this past week um i think that he's clearly surpassed nicole hardman on the chief's depth chart um hardman actually only played 12 offensive snaps this last week um compared to pringle's 40 um per jack miller of nbc sports edge uh, Hardman ran just eight routes, uh, making it the second week in a row that he's finished fifth among Chiefs wide receivers in routes run. So forget oh. about the running backs, tight ends, just among the wide receivers, he's running um, the fifth most routes. Um, he even had fewer snaps than Josh Gordon. So, um, yeah, I think that... Um, while he has had some nice uh, fantasy production this year, I think that McCole Hardman is uh, easily droppable. Um, Pringle, you know, might be worth a speculative ad in deeper leagues. Um, and yeah, I just think that, you know, for a player that what started the year as kind of the clear cut wide receiver two for the chiefs um, to see that he has, virtually evaporated from the game plan was very fascinating. Yeah, he he was a big old mistake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um next here, uh, I'm going to talk about a guy that we talked about quite a bit over the course of the year and that's Antonio Gibson. Uh he feels like you shouldn't trust him because well, he hasn't been very good. Um but I think that especially in games where they're projected to win or have that positive game script, you have a high-end running back two on your hands. Uh, these past two weeks, since the bye week, he's been averaging 22.5 opportunities per game. And four of his next six games are against teams that are in the bottom 10 against fantasy running backs. Uh, so it's he does have matchups with the Eagles twice. It's really strange, 14 through 17. It's Eagles twice and Cowboys twice. Um, so... I don't know what that's all about, but it's those two Cowboys games that are less favorable. Um, so coming up, I think that he actually has a pretty favorable schedule. And if he continues to get the opportunities that he's been getting, uh, I think that you can stick with him. And especially these next two weeks are really positive matchups. So I know you're nervous. I know I'm nervous, 
but Antonio Gibson is, uh, I think, a play that you can trust going forward. And finally, um, so Daryl Williams and Clyde Edwards-Alaire were players that we talked about on last week's episode. Um, and um, I, interestingly, while Williams ended up having slightly more snaps than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, at least this week with uh, CEH coming back from injury, um, he only got eight opportunities to Clyde's 14. So um, even with the kind of confusing snap count thrown in there, um, I think that any worries that I may have had last week of a timeshare or even a Daryl Williams workhorse backfield have been erased. Um, nothing really to see there, I think. I think Clyde will still be um, kind of the high end running back to kind of same range as Antonio Gibson that um, you probably didn't draft him to be, but are okay with the production of. And then um, yeah, as as long as Clyde is injured, I don't think Daryl Williams will be um, fantasy relevant, but um, certainly could be proved wrong, but at least given the opportunities this week, um that does not seem to be the case um and that is our show so i'm nick luciano you can follow me on twitter at nick g luciano and i'm elijah motica and you can follow me on twitter at elijah motica and be sure to follow the show on twitter at 25 y l f f and be sure to rate and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts yeah um Oh, we're still waiting for our first um, written review. We've gotten a couple starred reviews on Apple Podcasts. So whoever ends up being that first written review, we appreciate you. Um, once again, thanks for listening. And we will see you 25 yards later. Thank you for listening to 25 Yards Later, Sports Obsesses Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. Audio editing by Mitch Proctor and music by Elijah Motika.